1: This is the Toffee
0: Web Podcast. Hello again, Evertonians. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. It's the 20th of December as we record this evening. The World Cup is over. Christmas is almost upon us. And the return of Everton is right there around the corner, waiting to either light up your festive season with the gift of a win over Wolves, or they'll end up as an overlooked lump of coal you fish out of your stocking on Boxing Day. On this episode, we have almost a full house of the pod crew. El Bretland is back, Paul Trail is here, and Andy Howard also returns to play Question Master for the first annual Toffee Web Podcast quiz. But we'll start with the World Cup and that amazing climactic final in Qatar. Uh, El, am I remembering right that um, you had Argentina as finalists in your pre-tournament prediction?
2: I did actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Nice one. It just felt like it it all all came together for Lionel Messi, didn't it? I mean, he's 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 just a magic footballer. He's he's in, you know, in my opinion, I think he is the the greatest of all time. I know it's difficult to compare the legends, but I just think in terms of what he's done and really just how he makes football fans feel when he's got the ball at his feet, and I think that's what Mm -hmm. separates him from Ronaldo. For me, is it's that artistry and that wizardry. I know Argentina went into the tournament uh, with a really good record as well. And I know that that doesn't always, you know, come good when it gets to the tournament. But um, it was great to see. And it, it was just such a stunning final. Um, and it just remind you, as an Evertonian, didn't it, that you can actually enjoy football once in a while. It's there to be enjoyed. You know, you are meant to see goals. You are meant to see good football. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, it was just it was a really good tournament overall. I think Argentina um, deserved it because I just feel like, you know, I think football lacks characters now, and it was quite nice to see the sort of dark yeah. arts from the Argentinian mm-hmm. players. And I think, you know, as as an Englishman, I know that we've got that rivalry with Argentina, but I did when they went into the final, I did want them to win. I think for for Lionel Messi and what he's given to football with with his skill and ability, I just think that he was really deserving of it. He's won everything there is to win, and I think that he, you know, he's. He's, he's had that, he's had an unusual pressure because although he is a, a god, he has probably come short to Maradona in, in his nation's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really good that he was able to take that off and now in the th- sort of pantheon of greats, he can, you know, lay claim to have to have won the World Cup. I, th-
3: I think it was... I mean, football's about stories, isn't it? Football is about um, the kind of wonderful things that it writes that other sports just can't. And I think... I was like, L, that I, I wanted Argentina to win for Lionel Messi. Um, and what a way to do it. I mean, you know, it was all plain sailing at 2 0. And uh, my, my jaw just dropped. Like when Mbappe scored the second, I, I mean, yeah. there are few Amazing. times when I've ever watched a football match where I've actually not been able to do or say anything. It was like, oh my days, that's just happened. Um, and then to go and win it again with—I mean, they've won it three times, haven't they, Argentina? Really, because they have won it in normal time, they won it in extra time, and then they won the shootout. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if they hadn't, if they hadn't have ended up picking up the trophy, I don't know what would have happened. Um, but it was just a really, a—it was just a magical fairy tale end, really. Um, and um, I, I agree with everything that El said about Messi as a footballer and the fact that he can now be put, I think, at the top of the tree. Um, and I think it, but it it definitely took a world cup win to do that, I think. Um, and to win the Copa America the way they did as well with him having come back. I mean, it's just great. And, um, and you mean the script writers up there are doing something, aren't they? Um, and, and, and that was just a lovely, lovely end to what was footballing wise, I think a really good tournament. Um, you can say what you like about Qatar off the pitch and the way it was kind of, you know, all those questions that we've gone around the houses with. But in terms of a footballing spectacle, I thought it was great. You know, there were shocks, there were great games, there were great goals, there was um, some comedic refereeing, there was some fantastic <laughs> refereeing, there was, there was, um, there, there was everything. Uh, I think it was, it, was, um, it was a perfect way to end what was, a footballing-wise, a very, very good tournament.
1: Yeah, I thought that would happen once the sort of uh, all you know, once the football started. I thought, you know, all that sort of white noise would die down and that the football would do the talking and it, it certainly did. It, you're hard pushed to find a better game ever, aren't you, really, when you think about you know and you think about importance of match as well. It it doesn't get better than that really, does it, in terms of a game of football. It's just incredible. I was actually probably rooting off of France. Um, in the final, more so because I, um, I I had a bet on the Dutch to win, and obviously, Argentina knocked the Dutch out on penalties, and that was a bit of a um, aggravation sort of game, wasn't it? I, I fell out of Argentina a bit that day. The Dutch had it as well, I just didn't like the way they did things, and I didn't like, is um, it Martinez, to keep his antics in the, fight, in, in, in the shootout throwing the ball away and all that, that's a bit of, that crosses the line a bit for me. I think that's just really bad sportsmanship and stuff like that, but, yeah, you know, I'm not going to take that away from Messi, obviously. It's uh, it's good to see and some of the scenes in Braniseros were just fantastic, weren't they? It's good to see, um, something means so much to so many people, you know, and that and that, and that brings joy. And uh, yeah, I mean, i well, I say that I wasn't particularly bothered who won either way, it was just uh, yeah, it was probably edging towards France. And I felt a bit sorry for Mbappe, um, haven't gone that far, he like single handedly kind of did it, didn't he, really? Like, and he yeah, and the way the Shams changed it to sort of try and try and get fans. At one point it looked like fans were the only team who we were gonna win it. Strangely, for Argentina I haven't dominated for 70 minutes. When they went to 2-2, it was just like they were almost on the ropes, Argentina, but <laughs> you can't lose it like that. So uh I was kinda of glad it went so extra time and yeah, it was um it's always a shame when games settled on penalties, wasn't it? But um yeah, it was a it was a brilliant game, brilliant tournament. But uh as you say, back back to bit, back to school now, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i what i liked about it from messi's perspective is i think he can he can be regarded regarded as the greatest of all time and argentina's idol for purely footballing reasons i think maradona was obviously a larger than life character um you know a flawed character with all his off the field baggage i think sometimes there's like an us against them Sense where the, you know, the country kind of takes it, takes someone to heart when they feel like the rest of the world is against them a bit. Whereas I think Messi's done all of his talking on the pitch because you don't really hear about much, much about Messi off the pitch. Um, and so, from a purely per- footballing perspective, I think it's great that he's, he really, I mean, you know, at what might have been his last opportunity, he's, he's kind of kept it all off, put the the, the icing on the cake with, with the biggest prize. But uh, I mean, the tournament as a whole, um, I think, from as you said, Paul, the, the only perspective that mattered to me was was football. I mean, usually the magic of the World Cup is is um, it's kind of wrapped up in the host country, um, and you know the kind of exploration of the local culture, the different cities, which in the case of you know most countries that they're, they're kind of sometimes hundreds of miles away from each other with their own with their own kind of character and their own um, you know charms. Um, if you think of Brazil, Italy, Mexico, there was kind of a flavor to the tournament. Because they were held in in football mad countries, or in the case of South Africa and South Korea, Japan, you had countries hosting it for the first time. You don't have as big a footballing history, but again, there's there's a foreign like a, a foreign culture to explore. Particularly if you've never been to those those countries, you can kind of you know there's an aura about it. Whereas Qatar, I mean, there was obviously again, Paul, there was so much negativity around you know the human rights stuff, the attitudes to social issues dangerous working conditions the number of people who just who died simply building the damn stadiums you know and they were that that was all a turn off. and but the, also the fact that the grounds are all so close together there was kind of a homogeneity about the whole thing um so i mean the benefit for me personally was the coverage on fox sports is so bad over here that i didn't really take in anything other than the games i mean i was watching a lot of them on delay um, and i record i mean literally the recording would start just a kick off so i didn't to to the extent that they delved into all that stuff i didn't didn't see it and i was quite happy to miss it really because you know while you know a lot of people were kind of boycotting the whole tournament and i can fully understand those reasons i wasn't going to let fifa ruin it for me from that perspective because i just wanted to you know enjoy the football so um no, and that yeah, that final was just absolutely riveting. It really was. I mean, I've it's you couldn't have scripted it better if you wanted to. Except maybe maybe Messi scores again to make it four three right at the very end because I hate finals being being decided on penalties. Mm. But yeah, it was just yeah, it was magic. And as you say, as you say, oh, yeah, you can you can enjoy football. You know, and, you know, Everton teach you that it can be painful. But the the pure, the pure joy of football at its essence, it was it was magic. I've
3: been thinking over the last like few weeks, like, is this how it feels when you don't really follow a team? Like, because <laughs> cause the, whole, the whole stress and anxiety and kind of looming weekend hasn't been there, and you can just watch footy and enjoy it and you know I mean I, I know loads of people that kind of enjoy football but don't necessarily get knee-deep in a team like we are. Uh, and I just thought, oh, what a beautiful place you're in.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't listen to them thoughts andy we need we need you on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> ignore that ignore that <laughs> oh, yeah it's a good point though
3: yeah yeah just it just struck me i just it just it just it doesn't this feel strange like in coming up to christmas and haven't <laughs> yeah. that, you have got that kind of treadmill of games and you know, especially where we were when we left it. You haven't got that kind of. Oh, who are we going to? Who are we going to lose to this week? And you know, it's um, it's been it's been great. I've um, I think a mid-season break every year would be fantastic <laughs> for us.
0: Well, Boxing Day six days away. Five as you're listening to this. Uh, the club released footage of the players being put through their paces at Finch Farm this week. But news is a little thin on the ground as far as Dominic Calvert-Lewin goes, and any speculation around incoming transfers are concerned. It looks as though Wolves will get Mateus Cunha over the line in in the next few days, which isn't great news in terms of us missing out on a reported target or uh, them being relegation rivals. But I suppose we have to hope that Kevin Thelwell and Frank Lampard have other targets in mind, because as many of of us have said for a while now, we need to get attacking reinforcements in as soon as possible in the new year. Paul, how are you feeling about the imminent return of Everton to our lives after a six-week break?
1: Yeah, it was a welcome break for, for that for We've got some um we got we got some building working on the house and all the uh the guys are doing the work that they're, they're all Liverpool fans we we're talking about the World Cup, they said like, oh it's such a relief to have a break, the state we've been. It's like what <laughs> the state you're in. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Are you joking me? So take back that cup of tea, thank you. <laughs> you got, yeah, you to lecture me on the state that uh, you're in because uh yeah, it's been certainly a nice uh a nice break, uh nice break for us guys and uh yeah, it's been I know the last week it's that looming presence I guess, hasn't it? I mean I, I found it I found it a little bit I don't know how 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 significant it is, how they have done this little mini preseason compared to how how everybody else seems to have done. And that we had that break immediately, well not break, sorry, games immediately in Australia. i now I've got no idea how significant this is at all. Um and then the players seem to have a break and then came back with training, where the others seem to have a break straight away, then come back and play some games and then go straight to training whether that affects us. I know they've done like a behind closed doors game in Manchester against Man United and another one, I think. But um I don't know if that'll have any effect on fitness or anything like that. I'm not sure. Just uh that's different to everyone else has done it. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I'm just uh you know just kind of spitballing a bit really but it just seemed odd. But I guess there was it must have been there's a bit of money involved, wasn't there, in the trip to Australia, which obviously the club needs. So whether that was significant or not. I'm just wondering if that'll make a difference and guess we'll find out and God it's what it's the twentieth, so six days or so. <laughs> and then and then we're there.
3: I suppose the big question is who's playing a centre half? Hmm. Who would you who would you who would you play and who do you think he's gonna play?
1: Oh good one. Um I got a feeling me me and will be past fit and then we'll hobble off injured after 20 minutes. I mean that's actually that that that's that's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> but like uh, I don't know what would, what would I do? I'm all, I, I'll, I'll get mocked probably, but I'm always I don't know I always feel, feel like Keane's perhaps the most sort of stable one, but I think I think you will probably go with um, with Mason Holgate. Maybe Holgate and uh, Tarkovsky would be the two I think you'll go with, but I'd go with Keane and Tarkovsky personally.
2: Hmm. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? I think, yeah, you just, it's it's an impossible one, isn't it? Because (laughs) the other player who goes next to Tarkovsky has all got their, well, I was going to say pros and cons, but they've all got their cons. So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's slightly harsh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, what what should be a positive for Everton is the fact that um, we had so few players at the World Cup. That'll be really interesting to see, actually, that you know, the top six who have a team of internationals, you know, if if Arsenal's season gets derailed because, the, you know, some of their players have been at the World Cup and, and things like that, it'll be really interesting to see how how teams respond. But I think the World Cup will, while it's been a great tournament, I think a lot of Premier League fans will start to blame it as we head into January if <laughs> if things aren't going well. So it is, it's been a really interesting thing that people have asked for a winter break for so long, but it's not been... You know, a proper winter break for a lot of clubs, but I think Everton can can benefit from it, hopefully. And they've had that extra time on the training field. And, you know, Lampard, he's been in the job just under a year. I think it's a really good time for him as well to just, you know, get more of his, his, um, you know, DNA on on the team, really. And, and really, you know, drill the players into how he wants them to play.
1: Yeah, it should be beneficial. For, it should have been beneficial for Everton, the break. Um, We'll see if it has been, I guess. <laughs> um uh very soon. But uh yeah, I'm interested. But what, what, what who do you think, Al though, for the um yeah, who should play and who uh, who will play? I think it
2: the one I the one I trust the most is Mina. As as a as a centre back, as a defender. But it is that it's that fitness thing where, where you where Mina sort of literally falls down. Um <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think for me Michael Keane is he's done. I know he's been linked with the move away. I think that's one where if he is going to leave, you know, you don't put him in. I think it needs to be mm. Holgate. And then uh, looking ahead for the centre backs, I, I think it needs to be Cody, Tarkovsky, Godfrey, and uh, Branthwaite after his loan spell at PSV. So I think Holgate, Keane, and Mina, I feel like time should be up in the summer or, or in January in Keane's case. So it's very difficult to look at them and think, well, who's going to play now, basically? Um, so basically, yeah, Connor Cody needs to needs to be back as soon as really. <laughs> I think he'll go with
3: Holgate, and that's not yeah, necessarily not who I'd go for. But I, I think the back end of last season probably would have garnered a bit of trust, and um, he did play well at the back end of last season. Holgate, I thought he in the running. He he did. He was a functional centre half, which is exactly what we needed at the time. Um, whether he goes there, I, I, is Godfrey fully fit? I, I, I don't know that he's fully. Thin. I saw that he
2: came back for the, for the like the youngsters. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't. He wouldn't go straight in, would he? I wouldn't have thought. No. But yeah, I think Godfrey was a, a strange one that his form did dip, didn't it? Like last compared to his first season. But I do think there's a player in there. I think he's a bit of a confidence player. I think if he can get a run of games, then he'll be he'll be back on it. Hopefully. Um. Well, yeah, it's just, yeah, the defend the defensive back line is a really interesting one, really. There's just far more questions than answers, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't rate Godfrey that highly <clears throat> personally. Like the I, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah had a re- I was a, I was really impressed from that season on the call of Ancelotti when he came in. He he's good at good adaptability, really good aggression, good um Good tenacity, and obviously had an injury. Yeah, he's had uh, he's had some injuries since, hasn't he? But yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. Last season didn't fill me with a lot of confidence at all. And if if it's, if it's a coin flip between who stays Holgate or Godfrey, I'd, I'd probably be more inclined to, to keep Holgate personally, and because you'd probably perhaps get a little bit more money for Godfrey. Maybe. Um. You know. I don't know. He's he's got an England cap. He's you know he's maybe a little bit. He's probably got longer in his contract. He's a little bit, little more little more saleable perhaps. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure either of them are really great. If i like really the answer, but um, yeah, but um, certainly Tarkovsky and Cody are The two that we need, uh, yeah, for as many games as possible for the rest of the season.
3: I wonder with your um with your World Cup idea that some teams are going to be a little feel the hangover. I wonder when that will come though, yeah. because if players have been playing football, it might not be now. Yeah. it may be in a month or it may be in a, you know 6 8 weeks where yeah. suddenly you get a kind of brick wall um and that could be interesting you know and, and it it's complete lack of the draw when you play who you play isn't it you know
2: yeah i th- i think that up so, that the the top six particularly are lucky that the fa cup comes around because that they, they they tend to play a week inside anyway so that you know i know the games come thick and fast now but that does buy them a little bit of time i think Uh, But it is, it's it's just really, really intriguing to see how the managers deal with it. Because as I say, Arsenal are up there this season, I think the five points clear. And you know that if they drop off, this break is going to be the reason. That's that's what they're going to put it down to. Because it is, if you think like Everton had that really big week that came up and it was a disaster. And, you know, is that a good thing that the season ended when it did? Or is it a bad thing that there'll be the hangover of that and we don't get going again? Um, so it, it's the same for every club I think whether you were in good form or bad form it's just going to be fascinating to see how the teams react because you know that length of time is a long time in football um, and you know just in terms of fitness and things like that it's it's really really interesting
1: I think if it's given the opportunity to get Dominic Carvalho and fit in six weeks time if he's fit in five and comes Sunday and, and available for a sustained period of time then it's become a very very good time if that's not the case, then it's probably not really a good time either. You know what I mean? If it's not... Um, I guess it's Bortis' time and then the event, I suppose, with Calvert-Lewin. But um, yeah, it certainly felt like a good time because we just felt like we really flopped them last couple of games, didn't we? It just uh, you know, felt like a break wasn't the worst thing at that point.
3: I think in hindsight, it does feel even better to have had the break. Because you know how things snowball, especially at Everton. You know, and that yeah. week felt that week felt like we were going back in somewhere where we'd been before didn't it mm. and um yeah and it kind of i at the time you just wanted another game because obviously like you wanted to put the rights you know put the wrongs right but actually i think that probably just ha- helped everybody to sit back a little bit and go okay right you know um approach it a bit more f- with a fresh point of view rather than
2: you know two defeats at bournemouth and the defeat against Leicester and, oh, it was all a bit... I think the really tricky element as well is who we're up against on Boxing Day. Wolves, I think. In terms of how narratives form, I think they're probably the worst team you could play just because we're at home, they're down there with us. Mm. So it's like, it's sort of a, a game we should win, but it's a game we could easily lose. And it's, and the, you know, the table will look a bit different so soon after coming back and it's... It is. I think it's. It's that is a a horrible fixture, just in terms of, as you said, Andy, how things snowball. That narrative, you know, if this was City away first game back, yeah, it's you know, you know, if you lose that, it's sort of like get it's more of get it out the way, isn't it? Whereas the Wolves one presents a good opportunity to kickstart the season, and if you don't get that going. You know, it, it it just changes people's viewpoints and and mental, you know, the mindset and everything. So it is. It's a, it's a horrible fixture to go back to.
1: Only yeah. only Evertonians could look at that and think like, great, we're we're playing bottom of the league at home, and we're like, oh no 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 no, <laughs> <laughs> surely it's a gimme.
0: <laughs> yeah, <we're> like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you might though. I feel the same. You know,
0: (laughs) it is going to be interesting though because you don't know how we're going to react. I'm with you, Andy. I think that that the the break was better than us keeping playing because I think there was a danger that we could just you know just go into a psychological slide. Whereas I think now we've got this this time to to hopefully fine tune a few things. But you just don't know whether you know whether we're gonna come out of it in the right frame of mind, you don't know how wolves are gonna be, because they've got obviously got a new manager in place for the last month who's obviously been trying to work his magic. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. And going back to the to who we pick in defense, um I think I wonder if if he might be running out of patience with Yerimina. (laughs) <laughs> like the rest of us, but whether whether he <laughs> even—I mean, Paul, the, the, you know—it you, it was a joke, but it's not really a joke. But the, the, the likelihood is that he breaks down within the first half, and there's only so many times you you do that before you think, "Okay, come on." Um, I know that um, Holgate obviously did not perform well at Bournemouth in that in that cup tie, and I don't know if he was one of the players that Lampard was referring to when he obviously alluded to some some character issues. That go back to players that he inherited, in quotes. Um, but Holgate, H- as a, over the lifespan of Lampard's um, tenure so far, he seems to have trusted Holgate, and he's sort of been one of his preferred players. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is um, Holgate and Tarkovsky who who start that game. But um, I guess we'll see.
3: I suppose. That, I suppose it also depends on whether they see see mean as a sellable asset in January, and, and if they do, and true. if they can get Very rid of him. True. Then you you it's stupid playing him because you don't want anybody else to see that, do you?
0: Well, exactly. And the, and the other, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is that there are these rumors bubbling around of you know uh, Michael Keane being linked with West Ham, with Leicester. There was a third team I think that I saw today. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if, if given our need to sell someone i think to to help us i think we'll be able to sign players in january just not for much and if obviously if we can offload one or two then that will hopefully stretch the budget because i think we're going to need to buy quality rather than just someone i think we we've got someone with neil more i think we need to try and get quality in this time because lord knows we need help up front hmm.
1: yeah plus plus fervor to that you we, we touched upon on the, upon that before the World Cup, I think. Um, we, you don't want sort of deadwood hanging around who aren't involved, who aren't playing, because it's no good. Right. It's no good for the squad. Right. It's no good for morale. It's no good for them. It's no good for anybody. So, like, um, yeah, if Ke- if Keane's not going to be involved, you know, let let's get off. Me and it's become a nuisance value more than anything else. I say that best, but I don't mean it that way because he's supposed to be a very, very popular, very, very good, positive guy to have around the, the, yeah of all the things you hear about yeah Mina. But you know what I mean? The, the, players like that, the core, like, for example. I mean, is it worthwhile having these guys around if they're not really you know, likely to feature or contribute an awful lot if you can get rid of them? Not just to get them off the wage, but on, to get some money in, but also for that. And we just got just got rid of one as well in Rondon, haven't we? He's um, he's moved on. Yeah. Um, I, I thought maybe that there might be a bit of significance and that and and that okay if they're ready to move him on, maybe there's somebody coming in quite quick. But then I thought, well, hang on, he, even when we haven't had any strikers, he hasn't even wanted to call on Rondon anyway. You know what I mean? It's so that's a good example. Exactly. And I'd say fair play to Rondon for just going okay, you know, I'll move because we've seen enough players who just could have moved on when they've had opportunities and, and haven't done and just stuck around. So good on Solomon for um uh, for 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 moving on and and going to probably go and try and play somewhere and. That's what you should do. So um yeah, maybe some of the players who aren't playing might take heed to that when he gets his move and you know, I mean think, okay, what's the use of me hanging around here? I need to I need to be playing. So you know, let's see. Obviously, we all know we need we need we need attackers in there. So just uh yeah, really hope you can get them in sooner rather than later. You worry if it's by the end of the, you know, if it's coming in at the very, very end of the window. Some damage might have been done by then. It might be a case for Lampard's lost a job by then if things go horribly wrong. So uh, yeah, I'd be like to like to see Lamport back there in the window if possible and uh, yeah let's uh, let's see what we get in.
3: Just talking in these terms does actually give me I wouldn't say they were good butterflies <laughs> in my in my stomach. I haven't actually thought too much about all these things. For the best part of a month, yeah, and, <laughs> nah. it, <you> know, <laughs> and it does actually it does actually make me feel slightly uneasy. Mm. It's weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like oh, the, oh no, the chemistry exams on Friday, so, yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? You know, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, just as Andy said, I've not really thought about everything that much, thankfully. But in terms of recruitment, if you are not signing a player at the World Cup, you've been given an extra month to get deals over the line. Mm. And so, yeah. if, if they haven't got players holding the shirts in the first week, I am going to be, like, frustrated Everton fan again. You know, like, moaning, as I do every window. Because, if you you know, obviously, we've been, you know, previously we're linked with, like, Kudus, and that couldn't happen because Anthony went to United and Cody Gakpo. I'm not expecting them two to come in. But surely, if there's an attacker in a, in a league where, and he's not been at the World Cup, and he's been on our radar, you would hope that... Basically, what... Hopefully, it means that that extra month we're not signing players on January thirty first. You, you've got to think. Yeah, definitely. And if they do that, then there is just a deep of problem.
0: There'll be far too much water under the bridge by then. I think we've we've discussed yeah. this on the previous podcast. You know, by the time by by the time mid January comes around, we'll have had three winnable home games. That if we haven't yeah. by that point, and we haven't had anyone else in the door, then I think we really we're we're back to where we are. We're exactly a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at mm-hmm. that point in mid January,
1: so mm. yeah. Mm. What what can we do in the loan market? Have you still got one um one uh, one uh, loan from within the Premier League available, and one overseas loan? Is that right? You got yeah, um, definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah,
1: we've got in, and we got Kodian. Is there anybody else on loan?
0: that Came in. No, so, no. But it's two Premier League players, as you limit. But isn't it five from Europe? I thought, thought there was an, a, a, a more. You could get more from Europe. I think. I'm not sure. I oh, have to look okay. it up. I have to look it up. Don't oh, quote me. Don't.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, in any event, there's, there's there's opportunity to get to get at least a couple of of here in. And, Maybe it's somebody at Chelsea or some part of that land from Lampard's connections we can get in, or you know, if, if I'm just thinking if all else fails financially, at least there could be loan options you can really, who uh, can help us out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm too so excited for this Christmas quiz. It's probably one for another day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, good, good lead in. Andy has uh, prepared, as I say, the uh, what might be the first annual Talking Web quiz. So, uh, Andy, why don't you uh, take it away? It could be the last, couldn't it?
3: <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, um, oh, asem- nice. assemble this evening. We have three of the greatest Everton minds anywhere on this podcast Lyndon oh, Lloyd, Lord. Paul Trail, <laughs> L. Bretland. You couldn't have hoped for a better lineup of the first ever Toffee Web Christmas quiz. They are quick fire rounds. So if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to, just kind of play along. Tell us how you got on. Um, the first one is the only one place to start. It's called If You Know Your History. Okay. Five questions. We'll go through the questions. Write your answers down or shout them at us if you're listening. And then I'll go through the answers at the end. Right. Okay. Question number one. I'll ease you in gently. How many top flight seasons have Everton missed in history? How many top flight seasons have Everton missed in history? I.e. how many seasons have they played outside of the top flight of English football? (laughs) Question number two. In what decade did Everton... First include the tower on the club's crest. In what decade did the Everton Tower first appear on the club's crest? And for those of you who can't see what I can see, Paul Trail is really <laughs> looking into the distance with some amusement on his face. Lyndon looks very happy. Elle has hardly flinched with those first two questions.
0: <laughs> 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 oh. We should have YouTube this one, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Question <laughs> number
3: three Neville Southall is the club's record appearance maker. With how many appearances? Now, I will take closest if no one gets it. If someone gets it, you get a bonus point. How many appearances did Neville Southall make for Everton? trails was actually using his
1: hands. <laughs> I am in trouble here. I am in the <laughs> I'll see. I'll question. Think about it. Go
3: on. Question number four: How many league titles, FA cups, and European trophies have Everton won combined? So, how many league titles, FA cups, and European trophies? Those three competitions. Have Everton won combined? And the final question for the first round. True or false? You got a chance here, Paul. True or false? <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Everton have won more games than they have lost in the Premier League. True or false, Everton have won more games than they have lost in the Premier League. (laughs) I've just got this one ready.
0: The fact that you even have to think about this is quite sad. Yeah, isn't it?
3: (laughs) Okay, so... um, I'll leave Paul with his head in his hands for a moment. Let's just go, let's let's tally up that round. Um, I'm just going to take your answers, shout them out as we go. How many top flight seasons have Everton missed in history? L. Bretland? Four. Lyndon? Four. Paul?
1: I've also got four and I can show you the piece of paper if you really yeah. want to.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that is absolutely correct. One point each. In what decade did Everton Tower first appear on the club's crest,
2: Paul? 50s. Lyndon? 1930s. Hell. I'm going to be specific. I think
1: 1938. Yeah, wow, absolutely. I, I don't even have that, but yes, yes that is correct. <laughs> <30s>. <laughs> yeah. I think I can remember Dixie with, her, with the. Anyway. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, Neville Southall made how many appearances, Lyndon Lloyd?
2: Seven
3: hundred and fifty one Paul six hundred and fifty two L seven hundred and twenty-three oh <laughs> one of you's right and it's Lyndon Lloyd oh, who is right. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's yes. That is incredible, <laughs> that is incredible seven hundred and fifty-one. Um, and I
0: swear I didn't look it up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> how many league titles FA Cups and European trophies have Everton won combined L 15 Paul 15 Lyndon 15 yeah yeah one point each <laughs> and true or false Paul we're going to leave with you on this one Everton have won more games than they've lost in the Premier League true or false
1: I think it's false but I'm going to go with true <laughs> I just can't think of myself to do it I
3: love that as an answer <laughs> I think that should be the name of the podcast <laughs> uh, <London? laughs> True L Yeah, true I am, I've got it as false because it's exactly the same number Really? Really? They've really? won and lost 421 games
1: Oh Wow! God, we couldn't just beat and bomb off could we? No. <laughs> wow! Because no. okay. I was yeah, thinking, surely,
0: surely we'd in have been so down by ways, now if we'd lost in more. So many ways, <laughs> the next
1: game is
3: pivotal,
2: isn't it?
0: Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay.
3: Um. On to, uh, so the scores after
0: round one,
2: L. So I've got um, three out of five, Lyndon.
0: I've got four out of five, right? Because you've you got a bonus points for level,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, then well, yeah. then I've got five, so you got
1: five. And Paul? Uh, what, so the, the fifth one? So what's the answer, though? The answer's false. It's right, false, so, like, because it's they two.
0: haven't won more, yeah.
1: I thought you went true, Lyndon.
0: I did go true, but I got a bonus point for Neville. So I, I got four I'm, out of I'm five.
1: Sorry, sorry I'm so, yeah, my, my bad, I'm sorry.
0: I got four out of five questions, yeah.
1: So being on being on two with that, I'm trying to clutch yours because five seems a long way away already.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Right, round two is who am I? Okay. Okay. So this is all one player. We got uh, there's, there are three. Who am Is. Okay. <clears throat> Number one. Okay. Everton was the only British team I played for. I made 72 appearances, scoring six goals. I played 47 times for my country and I became the first player from mainland Europe to score in the Premier League. So, Everton was the only British team I played for. I played for them 72 times, scoring six goals. I played 47 times for my country and I became the first player from mainland Europe to score in the Premier League. I have my guess. That is what- That is worth three points Okay. this round. Do you want to solve that one first or should we go on to number two? Let's go on to number two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number two is, I made more appearances for Everton than any other team in my career. I scored for all my clubs and my national team under 21, B and senior level. I played exactly 31 league games, three seasons running, last decade. I scored the final goal in a David Moyes Everton team. I made more appearance for Everton than anyone else. I scored for all my clubs and national teams at under-21B and senior level. I played exactly 31 league games, three seasons on the trot last decade, in the 2010s. And I scored the final goal in an Everton team led by David Moyes.
0: Bloody hope I've got oh, that God, right. You're You've confused. got me there.
3: And number three. I had a 22-year playing career in England. I played under Joe Royal for three different teams. I played for England under 21s 18 times but never got a full cap. I made my Premier League debut at 19 years old. I'll take a screenshot in a minute of you especially... (laughs) 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 Oh, jeez. Wow. So there's your three. I mean, um, the first one... I saw some answers being written down. The second one seemed to have stumped everyone. First,
0: can, you, can you read number three again?
3: Yeah, I had a 22-year playing career in England. I played under Joe Royal for three different teams. I played for England under-21s 18 times, but never got a full cap. I made my Premier League debut at 19 years old. 3 points available for each big 9 points here I'm talking about Everton's home games coming up these are big <laughs> okay there's some really confused faces in this round you know when you know when you you've written a quiz and everybody's so confused you think i bet that's wrong yeah. <laughs> one second i'm just going to have to open the door i'll let you think on
0: yeah i've got nothing for number 3
1: I've got a, I've got one down for number three, but yeah, I got one down.
3: But <clears throat> okay, any guesses for number one? Is uh, it Lyndon
0: Robert Vashika,
2: Paul. Yeah, same. L. Yeah, same. He scored at Old Trafford, didn't he? Mm, he did. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's three each. Uh,
3: number two, L. Any guesses? I'm gonna go with Tim Cahill.
1: Paul, Stephen Pienaar, Lyndon.
0: I was trying to think of a player who was largely ever present most seasons. So I went for Phil Jagielka, but I cannot remember who scored in that game, his final match. The
3: answer, the answer is Stephen Naismith. Oh, oh that's a good one. he wow.
1: celebrated and you started saying Stephen then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And the final one, um, Lyndon.
0: I've Any got guesses? nothing. No, I've got nothing. Cool. I couldn't think of a single player.
1: Uh, Paul Gerrard. Oh, I've got Paul Gerrard as well.
0: Oh,
3: the answer is Paul Gerrard.
0: <laughs> nice one, lads.
3: Very good. <laughs> he went to. Uh, he went to Ipswich on loan.
0: Joe that's Roy. what I was trying to think of I was trying to think of who went and played for us Ipswich Yeah, and it wasn't he wasn't no, Joe Royal at Norwich for a bit and he was obviously Oldham but yeah yeah no, I couldn't think yeah. of
1: Man, Man City as well weren't
0: he and Man City too yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> amazing scenes right I make it that was, that I make was L big, jumping was in front there mm-hmm. yeah I think am my on 9 uh, on 9 and the other two on 8 yeah okay Next round is called Strikers. We love a striker. Five questions. Number one. From which club did we sign Daniel Amakachi? From which club did we sign Daniel Amakachi?
0: Think. Think I'm right.
3: (laughs) Number two. In Duncan Ferguson's testimonial, who scored for Everton? Is not you know not necessarily a striker question, but Duncan Ferguson's testimonial who, who scored for Everton? Could be a trick question. Number three. <laughs> Has Romelu Lukaku scored more goals for Everton, Inter Milan, or Belgium?
0: <laughs> Ooh.
3: Romelu Lukaku scored more goals for
0: Everton, it's, it's Inter, very close. or
3: Belgian. That's uh, a good question, that.
0: Yeah, that's a good question.
3: Number four. <laughs> who is third in the all-time Everton goal scorers chart? Oh. <laughs> that was the moment. That was the moment to do a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who's third in the all-time Everton goalscorer's chart? And number five. Can you name the two clubs that Dominic Calvert-Lewin played on loan at before joining Everton? You get a point for each. He was obviously at Sheffield United, but who did he go to on loan before he came to Everton? That's a bit of a stinker,
1: but, you
0: know. That's a good one.
1: I think I've got one of them at least.
0: Yeah, me too. I can't think of the other one.
3: These are good questions. All okay? Should we go on to the
0: answers? I'm not okay, but carry on.
3: (laughs) 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 Okay, uh... Paul will tell me which club Everton signed Daniel Amakachi from.
1: It's it FC Bruges, in Belgium. Elf. Yeah, Club, yeah, yeah, club Bruges.
3: Yeah, Club yeah. Bruges. Same. Yeah. Fantastic. Who scored in Ever- in Duncan Ferguson's testimonial for Everton? Lyndon Lloyd.
0: Oh God, I've got two. Did Rudy play in that?
2: He
3: did. I'm, he I'm, did gonna, I'm
0: going for. I'm going for Duncan himself.
2: Okay. L.
0: I should know this. But...
2: I, I want to say. I. I. In my head, he climbed above Duncan's. I had it in. It's Tyus Browning, I believe. Pool.
1: Yeah, I'm got. I've got that. Tyus Browning. Wow. Tyus
2: Browning, everybody. Oh. How is that somewhere in my head? How? I how? You I know, was... I
0: would. <laughs> we could have played this quiz for a week, and I would never have got that. <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> right. you might uh, though he took he took a lot of him didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh,
3: Lukaku, more goals for Everton, Inter, or Belgium? L. I want to say Everton. Paul,
1: Everton. Linden.
0: It's Everton, but it's very close. I think he's got sixty something like sixty-four for us and sixty-two for Belgium. It's close.
3: <laughs> oh. It's Belgium. Oh, really? 50, 53 for Everton, I made it. 47 for Inter. 68 for Belgium. He scored a, 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 an unfathomable, I can't even say it. He scored a lot of international goals.
0: He has. How many for us did you say? 53. Have I got that right? Does that sound about right? Is that league eight? games? Oh, Christ. <laughs> Moving on to question uh-huh. four <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, the, the amount of stick we're going to get for this quiz online uh, Right yeah. um, Who is third in the all-time Everton goal scorers chart? Lyndon
0: I went for Tommy Lawton but I'm not sure Full?
1: Uh, same, Tommy Lawton Hell, I've gone for Latchford. Dixie on
3: 383 Graham Sharp on 159 Bob Latchford, one three. Oh, uh, well, well
0: nicely done!
3: And the two clubs that Dominic carver Lewin went on loan to before joining Everton, Paul's definitely got one, which is uh,
1: Northampton Town.
3: Northampton
1: Town is one of them, and Scunthorpe United,
0: Linden. Those, those were the two that I was going to say. Yes, Northampton and Scunthorpe.
1: L. I'm stuck so
2: I've got Northampton and then yeah. with a the team they play in green and white. It's not Northwich Victoria, it's Staley Bridge Celtic. Oh yes. Yeah. Wow. I wow. had Northwich Victoria and I changed it at the last
3: the last minute. <laughs> that is excellent. That is excellent. Hold done Al. Uh so uh rock up your points. What have we
0: got? On I, that think, round. I, I think I only have two. I've got Club Bruges and yeah, Northampton I think. Town, I yeah. think. I've
2: got I've got f- how many points, uh, Andy, for the calvert Lewin? Just one. No, one for each. Oh one for each, okay. So I've got I've got five in that round. I've got i I've got I've got Strong. three in that round.
1: Strong.
3: <clears> okay, so we've got Lyndon on ten, Paul on eleven, and L is racing into the lead on fourteen. Okay, wow. this this next round is a round robin. So you'll each answer in turn. The leader goes first, followed by Paul, followed by Linden. Okay, so it goes L, Paul, Linden. L, Paul, Linden. Name the 10 oldest players to play for Everton in the Premier League. As long as you give me one of the 10, you are still in. <laughs> right.
0: Name one of the 10... 10- Oldest players
3: <laughs> okay. to play, to for, play Everton for Everton in, in the Premier
2: League. So okay. if I'm
3: first, I will go with Richard Goff. Richard Goff is at number three, one point L. Paul. Oh, uh, Nigel Martin. Nigel Martin is top. He is the oldest player to play for Everton in the Premier League. That is point for Paul. Linden. Well,
0: Neville Southall.
3: Second oldest. I will go nine years and seventy-four days. I will go with Dave Watson. Dave Watson rounds off the top four. That is the top four. Point for L.
1: Paul. David Weir.
3: At number nine is oh, David Weir. weir. Points. Linden.
0: Phil Jagielka.
3: Number eight is Phil Jagielka. Oh,
0: that pause. That pause killed me.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Mark Hughes. Oh, my days. Oh, that was days. my
0: next one. That was my next one.
3: <laughs> Mark Hughes is there. for three He's number oh. seven. Oh, I'm
0: struggling now. Oh,
1: man. I was struggling then. That.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Oh, is the keeper we got on loan or something? Um... Blimey, I'm struggling um, Alan Stubbs. Not Number there. 11
3: oh. is Alan Stubbs.
0: Oh.
3: Paul is out on two points. Lyndon, can you get a point on him? There's two more to get. Two more from the top ten. There's only two left.
1: Probably there's not
3: three. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh no, sorry, there's three. Yeah, you haven't no, sorry, you have yeah, exactly three. To go
0: <laughs> Oh I can't think. Yeah, the only Yeah, the only one that comes to I mean, the only one that comes to mind right now is Megamitch, but I don't think he's that old.
3: Is that your answer? That's it.
0: That's my answer. Yeah, you've got me here.
3: And Lyndon is out.
2: Begovich
0: is not wah, there.
3: Wah. This, is a chance to, this is a chance to steal a bit here, L. Can you give me one oh, of the yeah. other three?
2: I'm going to guess, but I think it's more because of his grey hair than his age. I'm going to say Dava <laughs> oh, that's oh,
3: yeah. a show. He is number 15 on the list. Oh. Mm. So, the ones you missed, at number five, Sylvan Distan. Oh, of course. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm 37 yeah. years old. Yeah. Tim Howard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the last one on the list, number 10, is Gareth Barry. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I make that uh, L on three, <laughs> Paul on two, Lyndon on two. Still plenty to play for, as they say the team's in the relegation zone. Right. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> okay, uh, next round is called How Many? Quite a simple title. How many? These will all be numbers. Question number one. Roberto Martinez. Roberto Martinez's first season broke our Premier League points record. How many points? <clears throat> Nodding. And a frown. <laughs> Number two, in the last six Boxing Day fixtures we've played, oh, Lord, how many points do we have in those fixtures?
0: In the last Jesus. six, of oh, in the last six?
3: six? Now we didn't play last Boxing Day. uh oh, right. so we're thinking before that six Boxing Day matches. How many points? I'll take. I, I could take closest to there if no one gets it hmm. okay question number three in 16 England caps Dixie Dean scored how many goals
0: oh god
3: 16 16 caps how many goals did he get for England
0: A pure guess. <laughs> You're just plucking a number out of the eye. I can't remember.
3: Number four. Howard Kendall had three spells as Everton manager, but in how many seasons did he manage us? Either partly or all the way through. How many seasons was Howard Kendall at one point an Everton manager? Some actual maths going on there. Okay, and the final question in that round, how many times in Spirit of the Blues are we told to get our coat on? (laughs) How many times we're getting, in series to
0: dislike you now, Andy? <laughs> Are we
3: told to get our coat on. Oh no! Come on, we've all been listening to this nonstop for the last month, haven't we? <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that.
3: <laughs> okay, oh,
0: hilarious.
3: Before that lyric actually comes up, I'll uh, yeah. I'll go for the answers. Uh, how many points in Roberto's first season did we uh, break our r- record with? L? seventy two, Lyndon seventy two,
1: cool. Uh, I'm way off with that one. Uh, Sixty four. So
3: seventy two it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Last six Boxing Day matches. Paul, how many points?
1: I'm still, I'm still trying to count uh, the, the, the two other seasons where they might have been boxing their games, but I've, I've got us on 10 points. They're going to maybe stick on 10 Ten points. Linden,
0: I went for nine. I could remember three victories, and I'm <clears throat> maybe guessing we lost the other two. I don't know. Nine. No?
2: Yeah, I've gone for 10.
3: One at Sheffield United in uh, 2020. Yeah. One against Burnley at home in 2019. Burnley away in 2018. We drew at West Brom, against West Brom, in 2017. One at Leicester in 2016. And one at Newcastle in 2015. We are Boxing Day specialists.
0: Wow. I make that that 16 points. Wow. I'd forgotten Bernie at home.
3: It was the Ancelotti I not remember last yeah. yeah. Wow. Dixie's uh, 16 England caps. How many goals,
0: Lyndon? Just five. <laughs> L?
1: <laughs> 13. Paul. 18. One of
3: you is bang on. It is L. It's Paul Trail. Oh, wow. wow.
1: Um,
0: you say, you say five London. Well, I said five. five you know why? Right? I don't know. I just I was I think I was coloured by the fact they just didn't win that many caps and so I don't know. Yeah. Just ignore me. I'm I'm clearly in the relegation <laughs> zone here and uh, heading out of the uh, out of the league.
3: <laughs> how, how many seasons was Howard Kendall an Everton manager at some stage? L? I've gone with nine. My... Paul. Oh a ten. Linden. Nine. Paul is right again. This is the oh, comeback.
1: Oh. This is the <laughs> comeback. It's ten.
0: <laughs> it's eighty-eighty-one, isn't it? Is that, is that when he started? Yeah. Is that the yeah. one that I missed?
1: Yeah. yeah. That's I how
3: many? How many times in Spirit of the Blues? Uh, how are we told to get our coat on, Linden Lloyd? <laughs> Three. I don't know. L. I've gone with
1: twice. Paul? I've gone with three. It's
3: remarkably low. It's only twice.
1: Yeah. I was torn on two or three. Uh. Scores
3: on the doors? Uh, I so got one.
0: Got, <laughs> I got two in one. that round. One yeah, glorious two. point. <laughs> okay.
3: Nineteen, fifteen, and thirteen. Oh, Lyndon's God. got the look of him at Everton at Bournemouth. Here, he just won mid-season break. Oh dear.
0: Uh,
3: okay. Next round is called "Close Enough." I will take closest answer. And some of these are a bit weird. Off the off the cut off the um, what are they? No, I don't know what they are. Number one, what is Stuart Barlow's age right now? <laughs> I don't have a sound effect for that. Good. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll take the closest. Remember, it's the closest the two wins it. The closest. <laughs> that will involve a little bit of backtracking, doesn't it? I don't want to stop (laughs) Lyndon now because he's deep in it. He's going to come up with Question number two. The number of goals Dixie Dean scored in the season after he got 60. Closest answer wins. Number three. Benny Beningamy's first Everton squad number. (laughs) I reckon L got that Just by body language I think he's got it (laughs) Number four The number of domestic cup finals Everton have played in Closest number wins And five the number of Everton goals that Kevin Campbell scored?
1: Just league goals or overall?
3: I'm pretty sure that's directly from Wikipedia, so that will be overall. Okay. As he thought so long and hard about it, I'm going to go straight to Lyndon Lloyd for Stuart Barlow's age right now. 47.
0: 47,
3: Paul? 50. L. 52. Closest is L. He is 54 years old. Oof. Wow. Number of goals that Dixie scored the season after he got 60, Paul?
1: 38.
3: Lyndon. Thirty-four. L, thirty-nine. <laughs> the answer is twenty-eight. Oh, that hmm. is a point for Lyndon Lloyd, I believe. I'll take Benny. It. Ben- and I can't wait to ask El this. Benny, he's probably got a shirt with it on somewhere. Benny <laughs> Binigni's first
2: squad number was. I'm going with twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah, Lyndon.
0: 54
3: uh, Paul 52 One of you is spot on and it's Lyndon Lloyd oh. Ooh, 54 wow.
1: Stuart Barlow's age no less
3: <laughs> it, is. Yeah, it is You can all take something from this quiz uh, Number of domestic cup finals Everton have played in Paul
1: 14
0: Lyndon 14 <laughs> L. I've
3: gone with 11 The answer is 15 oh. So Paul and Lyndon will get a point there This has been quite a good round for you two actually And the number of Everton goals that Kevin Campbell scored L I've gone with 37 Paul
1: 35
3: Linden
0: 29
3: 45.
1: Really? Wow.
3: So, actually, L's got a point there, hasn't
2: he? Yeah.
1: Scores on the doors, please. So, I got two there.
3: Two. No,
2: one.
3: One. Three. Three. Not a bad round. L is top of the shop on 21. Paul and Lyndon are both on 16.
0: Oh, I'm making a making a a resurgence.
3: Okay, I have in front of me a list, the list of the 45 players to have scored 10 or more Premier League goals for Everton. Okay, so I've got the list in front of me. We will go round robin. As soon as you say someone that's wrong, you're out. So, players who have scored 10 or more Premier League goals for Everton. We're going to go with Lyndon to kick us off, then Paul, then L.
0: am going to go with my countryman Steven Pienaar.
3: Wow, interesting place to start, but I like it. The- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Cool. Uh... I too am going to go with my countryman, um, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Rooney, yes.
3: That's 20 and 25 goals so far, just to give you some context. L.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. 46. Lyndon.
0: Kevin Campbell, let's get him out of the way.
1: <laughs> yep, <Yeah. clears throat> he's
0: there. Paul. Uh,
1: Malawan Falini. Marwan Fellaini is there on 25.
0: That one,
3: yeah. Uh, Romelu Lukaku. That's a really good answer, Al. Well done. I'm glad to that. People listening to this thinking, what? <laughs> yep, top of the shop <laughs> Lyndon.
0: Uh, Leighton Baines.
3: Leighton Baines is there. 29 goals he got in the Premier League. Cool. Paul Rideout. Whoa. Paul Rideout right
2: is there on yeah, twenty-nine
3: he... league goals. Hell, Duncan Ferguson. Duncan <laughs> Ferguson, sixty, like it. <laughs> Linden.
0: Um, Tim Cahill.
3: Tim Cahill rounds off the top four. Rom, Duncan. Cahill, and VCL. And the top five, actually, Kevin Campbell. That's the top five gone. Paul. Tony Cotty. Tony Cotty is there.
0: 28.
1: Uh, Yakubu.
3: Yakubu, yes, he's there. 25.
0: Uh, David Unsworth.
3: David Unsworth.
0: 33 Premier
1: League goals. Paul. Go? Yeah, uh, Andy Johnson
3: Andy Johnson is there the lowest we've had yet 17
2: uh, Francis Jeffers
0: 18 um, Nikita Jelovic right
3: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he had that purple patch and then he went completely cold so I'm thinking he must have scored more yeah. than 10 surely
1: 13 league goals
0: okay cool
1: <laughs> James Beattie
3: James Beattie is
1: there 13 league goals oh, I mean is that all I didn't know I was caught, caught in it that fine but <laughs> that, that was fairly safe mm. <laughs>
3: L uh, Leon Osman, Leon Osman, forty-four league goals. Oh,
0: yeah, of course, of course.
3: That's the top six done. Lyndon.
0: Um, Mikel Arteta.
1: Yes, twenty-seven. Cool. So I think I'm rolling the dice a bit with this one, but um, Victor Anichebe. Victor Anachebi. seventeen league goals.
2: I'm going to say Nick Barnby. Ooh, uh, good one. <clears throat> 18. Linden.
0: My mind's gone completely blank now. Um,
3: these are big moments for you. I'll, I'll, I'll say <laughs> that now.
0: They are big moments for me.
3: I've got a crowd booing sound effect ready.
0: Yeah, you, you can. Uh, let's let's say he was there for long enough that Phil Jagielka must have got ten, surely.
3: Phil Jagielka got fourteen.
0: Oh, oh,
1: a lot of spectacular goals, but I don't know if there's that many of them. But I'm going to go with James McFadden. That is the
3: closest to the bottom of the barrel we've scraped. He got eleven. <laughs>
2: Going to say Stephen Naismith.
0: Oh yeah, good one.
2: 18 league goals. <laughs> Lyndon
0: <laughs> I'm really struggling to think of players.
3: All those thousands of articles. Yes, oh. yes, Richarlison. Obviously. <clears throat> yeah. Almost rounds off the top ten. Number ten is still available. Uh, who? Graham Stewart. Graham Stewart is there. Twenty-two league goals. Premier League goal. Yeah. Hell. I'm going to go with Thomas Rodzinski. Ah, look oh, at yeah, You'd yeah. be right. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five league goals. We're back round to Lyndon again. It comes around quickly, doesn't it? When
0: it does <laughs> come around really quickly. Um. Well, Beardley.
3: Peter Beardsley scored exactly
0: 10 yeah.
3: league oh. goals. <laughs> oh my word. It
0: was 10 or more, right? Oh, it was 10 or more. At the moment, moment
3: he's, he's hanging on by a thread. He's oh, hanging on. <laughs> oh,
1: Seamus
3: ah, ah. Coleman. Seamus Coleman, 21 league
1: goals.
0: <sighs> oh, wow. wow so
1: i was so worried about
0: <laughs>
1: Easy.
2: I am going to say King Louis Saha. Yeah. 27
3: league yeah. goals. Yeah, good one. Here we go again. There are one, <laughs> <Back> two, three, <laughs> it four. This is bad to me, is it? Yeah, there are five others who scored ten. So, you know, you can scrape that barrel again. Um,
0: Gilfis Sigurdsson.
3: Gilfie oh, yeah. scored 25 lead goals. Easy. Cool.
1: Kevin Kilban?
3: Kevin Kilban. Now then. Oh dear.
1: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Kilban
3: did not score. Ten league goals for Everton, unfortunately. So, Paul is out. Uh, and just as well remain on 16 points, because anything now is going to be one more, as long as Linden can get one. L? Right,
2: I've got three names down, and they're all really risky. Oh, I'm going to go for... Oh, I think he was more assists, though. Oh, should I say it? I'm going to say Don Hutchison. Don Hutchinson scored 10...
1: League goal. I knew it was dodgy. Wow.
2: 11 if it wasn't for Graham Paul.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's true, too, yeah.
0: It's me again, isn't it? It
1: is.
0: Ross Barkley? Yeah.
1: Easy. Great shout. Easy. 21.
2: Right. I'm going to go for another. I think this is another 10. He was a centre-back, but he scored about 7-1 season, I'm going to guess. Oh, yeah. Rowley and Lescott. Yeah, 14,
0: 14. Oh, 14. Go. Oh, good shout. Good shout. I need Paul to still be in this because I need more thinking time. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: Kevin Morales. Oh. And there we've finally completed the top 10. Twenty
2: nine meters. A top ten. Wow. Right. <clears throat> Ow. I've got a player down who I know scored a hat trick. <laughs> but I don't know if he was there long enough to get ten. Should I go for it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he did though. But oh, no, oh. hold on. No, do you know what, I'm gonna go for it. Gary Speed. Oh, he got over 10, he okay. got, got 10 yeah. in one season, I reckon. Yeah, I think you're okay 16
1: league
0: goals, yeah. oh,
2: right. That's good. Linden. Good
0: one. I'm not sure how yeah. I forgot my all-time Premier League player, but Andrej Konczelskis. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: 20 goals. We are now. We are now looking towards the bottom. there, there, there are, yeah. We, we, we are. You've done very well here, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight left. I make it eight players left who have scored ten or more Premier League goals for
2: Everton. Um, right. I'm going to take. I had someone I in my head, but they've just dropped out of it, so I'm just going to guess Marcus Bent.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
3: Unbelievable. <laughs> I was surprised myself I was thinking well he must be there but yeah. did he get seven or something that season
2: must have yeah, yeah. and then he went the, the January after
3: yeah so oh, it, all finishes, um... it all finishes on three points from that round Paul, uh, Paul Lyndon, you need you need pretty much all of these you can still win this quiz
0: if oh, you can God. bring home
3: five of these
0: oh my lord
3: Five to draw, actually.
0: (laughs) It's yeah, it's not going to happen because I'm I'm really struggling now to think of anybody. I was tempted to throw out Uma Nias, but I don't think he got there. (laughs) Nor nor did Aruna Kone. (laughs) And I don't think Graham Sharp played enough Premier League games, did he? Did he? Well, let's say Graham Sharp.
3: <laughs> no. oh. So, the ones we missed. Steve Watson on 14. Oh, oh yeah. Danny Kadamateri on 13. Oh, wow. Lee Carsley got 12. Whoa, really? Thomas Thomas Gravison got 11.
1: He's who dropped yeah. off my heart. I had them written down. Yeah.
3: Amakachi ten, uh, the fifty-four-year-old Stuart Barlow ten, <laughs> David
1: as well.
3: <clears throat> David Weir got ten, oh, and wow. the final one, a former Arsenal player, South- Under. Southampton Arsenal, Theo Walker. Ah, right. Wow. Oh. Have yeah, so it's... I hereby, um, I hereby pronounce the inaugural Toffee Web Christmas Quiz Champion, L. Bretland.
0: Very nice, El. Mm-hmm. Very, Very nice,
2: El. Honestly, uh, <laughs> where, where Tyus Browning is in this brain am I? Like, oh, I have no idea. I think, I think that's more worrying than anything
3: else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah he, he wasn't um, in mine. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It really was a lot of fun. Yeah, Uh, in terms of when we'll be back, I'm not sure when we'll be back because I'm going to be in England um, over the Christmas break into New Year. I will hopefully be at uh, Brighton and Hove Albion at home. Uh, So if uh, we can do a pod in between uh, New Year and Boxing Day, that would be great. Let's see if we can organize it. But um, if we don't, uh, next time we speak to you, Blues, have a great Christmas uh an even better new year and fingers crossed that the blues can get themselves sorted out so that 2023 is not as stressful as 2022 (laughs) was from the Everton perspective so until then take care and we'll speak to you very soon Uh you
2: The uh-huh